1: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
0: Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on v the sports betting network.
3: All right, here we go. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Welcome in, everybody. Good afternoon. I'm Mike Richard, half of your hosting team. I'm in Vegas. The other half of the hosting team, as usual, is on the East Coast out there in Boston. It's Josh Applebaum.
4: Good afternoon, Josh. Good afternoon, Pritch. It's great to be with you. Happy Wednesday. And you know, Pritch, today is, uh, you know, of all the days of the year, 365 days of the year, today is the slowest sports betting day oh. of the year. <laughs> but we're not going to let that stop us, Pritch. I think today is a big day to kind of reset your 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 win totals, your futures. Uh, a lot of these bets here, we'll talk about Cy Young, you know, uh, Rookie of the Year, MVP. Today's a big day where you can't really cash many bets today, but I think if you do the work today, you can hopefully cash some bets later on. So I'm excited to uh, talk to Adam Burke, as always, everyone. They get his thoughts on some second-half bets in Major League Baseball. Heard a rumor we're going to preview your Atlanta Falcons today, Pritch, yes, so I'm excited are. about that. Uh, recap, obviously, the All Star game, our under came through last night, which was nice. A little dicey early with a couple runs <laughs> in the bottom half of the first, but that thing came through. But, Pritch, before we get into today's show, just one thing I wanted to throw at you. You know, now that I'm in kind of sports betting and, you know, kind of uh, getting some sources and people reach out to me every now and again, sometimes mm-hmm. it's all BS, Pritch, but sometimes you get a source play that hopefully is going to really come through for you. So, Massachusetts legalized sports betting. I had someone, and again, this is, you know, everyone important uh, a huge factor here. If you live in new England, if you're in Massachusetts, like me, we haven't legalized sports betting yet. We have until July 31st. We're in kind of like the eighth inning now Pritch, to get this thing done. But I had someone slide into my DMS who is tied in to someone in the Massachusetts legislature got me really excited. They told me that it's trending in the right direction. There should be a vote upcoming next week. And kind of what you're hearing right now is it's likely to pass. Again, temper expectations. We've heard this before and it never passes. Uh But you're hearing from the inside that it looks good. They are coming to some sort of hopeful resolution here where they're not going to allow betting. They will allow betting on college, but just not on local Boston college teams. I think that's the direction that you should go. So, Pritch, a slow day, but not for us. A lot of news. And if you're like me in Massachusetts, this is great news that Hopefully, 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 we'll finally legalize betting in Massachusetts.
3: Right. So, did you, you said they slid into your G- DMs right there. Uh, I just want to clarify <laughs> that. Somebody slid into your DMs to deliver that information, which is outstanding, uh, by the way. I mean, uh, how much comfort does that give you as trending in the right way to where you can bet
4: within your own state? <laughs> So, I'm excited just because when, when someone slides your DMs, Pritch, if you've never heard of them before, you know, they could be a bot, they could right. be fake, they could be pulling your chain, they could be setting you up. You know, don't get me started on sources like Woj, you know, Jabari Smith going number mm-hmm. one overall. Mm-hmm. Remember, there are sources that Mac Jones was a lock at number three to the 49ers. So, not all source plays come through, but this is someone that I actually have a, a kind of a betting relationship with. I've talked to before, we've talked about games before. I know who he is, and I know that he is tied in uh, to someone in particular in the legislature. Yeah. So, to me, this is a source that is hopefully worthwhile listening to. We'll Mm -hmm. find out in a couple weeks here, but hey, I'll take any any good news is good news to me, Pritch. Let's get this thing done. Hashtag let us bet.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Hashtag let us bet. No more driving to the neighboring state. Uh, Certainly no more (laughs) uh, inquiring with Leroy around the corner either uh, trying to get a bet in uh, (laughs) if you know what I'm talking about right there, Josh. So great job uh, following that uh, development. Uh, We'll get back to that, I'm sure, towards the end of the month. Uh, Let's get to the recap, though, of the All-Star game game, uh, the under-caches. Uh, now, I was reluctant to play MVP. Uh, Stanton wins MVP. Nice hit right there from a, uh, a cashing standpoint. 12-1 uh, to 1 there, BetMGM. Uh, but the game played out like we thought it would play out, Josh. I mean, you're talking about these pitchers uh, that hitters... Uh, you know, the, the advantages. I mean, Josh Towers was on the program yesterday talking about, you know, the pitchers having an advantage over the hitters. Certain, that played out that way. Uh, so nice job cashing that under. Uh, but the American League, again, that trend uh, continues. And uh, I'm always fascinated by, uh, by trends, Josh, when in terms of a trend is a trend until it ends. And American League comes out on top again, uh, three to two in the game.
4: Yeah, and I think that's really important a distinction between a trend and a betting system so you know going into the show yesterday we kind of hit the nail on the head you know what you've seen here is the American League now winning last night now nine and0 their last nine 16 of their last 19 21 of their last 25 we also heard you know on Twitter and something that we mentioned on the show that unders have really been rolling here unders now 13 two and one in their last 16 but I kind of was more confident in the under than I was in the American League because to me a trend is something that is happening at a high rate but just may not be predictive of future results like the American League there, if you actually look at kind of the bet splits of that game, there was, I I think, some money on the National League. You had about 65% of bets on the American League. You did see late the NL, which was pretty much minus 110 all day, did shoot up to around minus 115, minus 117. So if you rode that kind of trend with the AL, obviously you cashed. But to me, it was the under. That was more of a betting system, not just a trend. Because in order to be a betting system, you gotta have to have a good theory behind it. Like, what's the theory of the American League dominating? You know, is it just they have better players? You know, they had the DH for a while, forever, mm-hmm. basically, until the NL added it. It was a trend, but I didn't really think it was that predictive because there's different players. And now, again, most, both leagues are pretty much equal now with both having the DH. To me, it was the betting system of the under. Now, they both cash, obviously, right. but to me, it was looking at a, a betting system that has a theory behind it. And the theory was, Josh Tower Towers really kind of solidified this for us, the fact that good pitching beats good hitting. You're really not going to go multiple times through the order where the batters have the advantage. You're kind of just one and done here. I also love these players being mic'd up. I thought that was a really smart mm-hmm. move by Major League Baseball to kind of show the personality of these players. But also the market kind of lined up with the historical results. Under's doing great historically, and then also total open at eight got bet down to seven and a half. Even though it, falled, it fell a half run, it was still seven and a half juiced up under minus one fifteen, minus one twenty. So to me, the distinction is when you're when you're when you're hearing trends, and again, trends are your friends. Trends are your friends until the end. There are different ways we look at them. Right. Just to me, I don't blindly just play a trend just because it's a trend. I need a theory behind it that makes sense. And I need the current market to be backing up that trend. So to me, that's why the under was, you know, to me, the play that I took, which mm-hmm. was able to come through luckily. But again, I think as, as betters, we need to distinguish between a trend and a betting system. And that's why I was more confident in the under, even though of course, Pritch, they both hit two and up.
3: There you go. <laughs> Let's bring in our guest. Uh, it's Adam Burke, uh, a co-host of the run line, which you can catch right here on V-SIN, Uh, But then also daily MLB writer uh, on the network, uh, vsin.com. Uh, uh, point Spread Weekly contributor as well. Adam Burke, welcome back to the show. How are you?
5: Good. Good to be here. Uh, you hey, know, I'm- not much going on in the sports world today, I guess, but I'm finishing Conference USA Season Win Total Previews for our College Football Betting Guide right. that comes out next week. Next so week. uh So, Conference USA looks very interesting this year. 11 teams, no divisions. Uh, not a whole lot of good teams, but should be a good read for everybody in that guide.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the All-Star Game in baseball, I, I think, is so unique because we have breaks in NBA right in the middle of the season, hockey, NFL is at the end of the year. Uh, Those are more team-oriented sports because baseball has that individual aspect. You're the hitter at the plate. Uh, You're the pitcher on the mound. Uh, Do you factor that in any way from an all-star betting standpoint? I mean, we saw Stanton win MVP. You can make an argument uh, that Buxton could have won it, Uh, but Stanton gets it because of the narrative too. But that whole individual aspect of baseball, does that come into play for you during the all-star break?
5: Well, I think the biggest thing when you talk about the all-star break, and you talk about teams coming out of the all-star break is you try to get in the minds of these teams emotionally. You know, if you're a team that came into the break, not playing very well, for example, the Toronto Blue Jays, I would expect them to be a team that kind of puts an extra emphasis on performing better coming out of a few days off. Yeah. Whereas I think if you're a team like the Seattle Mariners, where you've won 14 in a row, the last thing you want to do is stop playing. So for them it's kind of hard I think to get back into it. You know, they did have the big showing from Julio Rodriguez in the home run derby and you know obviously there's a lot of excitement with that team right now. But when you've won 14 in a row, you just want to keep going. And they obviously weren't able to do that having a little bit of downtime. So, I also look to fade teams that have kind of uncertain futures. You know, teams that are looking at the trade deadline going you know what? We're probably going to sell. So for example, I think the Washington Nationals are a team you want to fade coming out of the all-star break because Juan Soto might be dealt. He might not, but they know he's not there long-term anymore. And that's already a really bad team. So it's kind of hard to fade them because their numbers are so big. But I think you start looking for things like run lines against them. Same thing with the Los Angeles angels. You know, they're a team that just hasn't played well for the better part of two months. And there will be a lot of trade talk about Shohei Otani. There will be a lot of questions about Mike Trout being on the injured list and how he wasn't hitting well even before the break. So I think you kind of look for some things that may be continuations, but I think you also want to look for teams that kind of skidded their wheels going into the break getting a little bit better.
4: Adam, it's great to see you today. And one thing that I think you did a really good job on with the Visa newsletter is looking at adjusted win totals. So maybe not all betters know this. You know, not everyone uh, knows that you can, you know, rebet a win total that's been adjusted based on how, you know, the first half is gone. So I want to get your approach on these adjusted win totals. Like a couple numbers that jumped out to me. The Yankees win total was 91 and a half. Now it's 104 and a half. You mentioned Washington having a terrible year, 70 a half, 70 and a half, now 58 and a half. Baltimore, huge surprise here. 62 and a half win total, now 75 and a half how do you approach these adjusted win totals adam like for for one you know example like if you took baltimore over you're not going to bet it again i think you're just going to sit on that you're feeling good you have a good number you're going to cash that thing most likely how do you approach adjusted win totals are there any teams with adjusted win totals right now that you think offer value yeah, so
5: I think you really want to look at these kind of in a vacuum. I don't think you want to look at them relative to the full season win total, unless you're looking to play a middle. If you've got the opportunity to play some kind of big middle, maybe that's a possibility, but for me, you know, look, the trade deadline's coming up on August 2nd, right? So that's a big part of the handicapping process for me when you talk about these second half win totals, but also, look at a team like the Colorado Rockies, right? Their season win total is 71 and a half right now. They're adjusted win total anyway. They're on pace for 75 wins, but They've played nine more home games than road games, and they're an awful road team, as we know. They're scoring almost six runs per game at home, just over three runs per game on the road. So for me, I look at a situation like that, and I say those nine games that they have on the road compared to at home do give them a pretty significant handicap in the second half. It's kind of accounted for in the line, but I don't think it's accounted for enough. And That's a team that's a clear-cut seller in the National League West. So that's just one example of a team looking at Colorado under. The Angels I just talked about looking at them under because of a lot of uncertainty. There are opportunities, I think, to go out there and, and find some plays, find some value, and you can read about that over at vcin.com. Yeah,
3: absolutely. We're going to highlight some of those, too. Adam Burke's is going to stick around for the next segment, but I want to remind everybody it's time to get into BetMGM Gym Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM Gym has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any MGM Casino on the strip with your state-issued ID, open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21, and physical located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem 1-800-522-4700. Adam Burke continues with us after this break right here on v the Sports Betting Network.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on vSense, the Sports Betting Network.
3: The v Summer Special is here, and it's just $19. And here's what you're going to get. Uh, sign up today. You'll get a uh daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium, premium articles on golf, uh, UFC and NASCAR, if you want the full vSEN experience, which features a daily best-best email. Every edition of Points Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vsen.com slash summer. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, and Adam Burke with us in studio. Adam Burke is co-host of The Run Line uh, right here at VSEN, also a point spread weekly contributor. writes daily articles on MLB. And speaking of that, Adam, uh, Josh Applebaum asked you a question about adjusted win totals and, and identifying those situations. Um, who's identifying, too, I think, buyers and sellers along the way in the second half as we forecast the second half? I mean, that's got to uh, weight heavily as well when you're looking at those wages as well.
5: Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, something we've talked about a lot here on these segments, I've talked about a lot in my article and on the run line as well, is that I handicap bullpens quite extensively. Mm -hmm. And the the highest traded position group, the trade deadline, is always going to be bullpens. And the really bad teams don't have a lot of good relievers, but those are the guys other teams are going to want. So you look at a team like the Angels, for example, where – Things are very uncomfortable anyway. I mean, Phil Nevin is obviously in over his head as the manager. He had that whole brawl. He was suspended for a while, all of that. You know, the Angels just don't really have a whole lot going for them. Their adjusted season win total is still 75 and a half out there in some places. That's where I saw it at DraftKings yesterday when I wrote up the article. They're on a 69-win pace. The Mariners are better. The Astros are good. The Rangers are 5-20 and 20 in one-run games, so they should get better. There's nothing to like about the Angels. And you and I were talking about this a little bit during the break, Pritch, about – you have this long four or five day break in the middle of the season where baseball's a grind, 162 games over 188 days. Some teams are not going to be excited to come back on Friday. The Angels strike me as one of them. And I know you're a big guy on culture and about, you know, kind of the feeling in the locker room and all that. When you're a team that's going to be a seller at the trade deadline, especially if you've got a marquee player in that position, a team like you know the Indians had with Francisco Lindor for multiple years, you've got Otani with the Angels, you've got Soto with the Nationals, that's uncomfortable for everybody. And especially if you think that that guy's going to get moved and you're kind of reading all the news clippings and the rumors and all that, it's very hard, I think, to, to kind of stay galvanized as a team. So I'd kind of kick this to you and say – you know, look, you're coming off of a break. Right. You have this uncertain situation within the next two weeks. It's hard to focus on, on the game and winning.
3: Yeah, it's not comfortable, uh, you know, and, and certainly it's the team sport, but it's the individual aspects to it, what you're talking about there, and uh, whether or not you're going to be dealt – of whether you're involved with rumors that way, it's unsettling. Mm. Uh, and then, how you're going to focus against your opponent, or how you're going to focus enough at a high enough level uh, to get wins out there, Josh. And you know, for me, from a culture standpoint, in my portfolio, uh, I'm looking forward to kind of identifying that too as we move along in the second half, Josh, with these baseball teams, uh, the sellers and the buyers, the adjusted win totals. There's a few divisional races too that I have in mind, uh, but I, I think culture still is paramount. Uh, in any sport. And certainly uh, when it's unsettling, if somebody can get moved or if there's rumors about that particular player, uh, I just don't know how they keep it together for the entire season.
4: I'm there. I'm right there with you guys. And again, you talk about the Angels, the adjusted win total 75 and a half. I think that's a bet against. I'd take the under in that regard. But we can also bet in an individual sport, individual players. So as bad as the Angels may be, you know, Trout's still hurt. You know, do they tank down the stretch? I think that's likely. But it seems like every fifth day, when Otani takes the bump, they're the best team in the world. So I want to throw this at you, Adam. You know, today's a day where we can also look at some of these awards. And if you'll get slash newsletter or just the homepage, I wrote about a few of them today. But I want to ask you about Shohei Otani in particular, Adam. You know, we had much of the year here where it was Aaron Judge, the favorite to win the MVP in the American League. But Otani has made a huge, huge leap here. He's now the favorite, the slight favorite, minus 105. Otani from the plate, 258, 19 homers, 56 RBIs. We knew he was a great hitter. What I'm most surprised about is his pitching. 9-4, and four, 2.38 ERA, striking out double digits almost every time he takes the bump. So it's a long way of asking you, Adam, at that minus one Oh five price. I know we're saying, Hey, we should have got Otani earlier at some plus money, but should we take Otani to win the American league MVP? Adam, he has the best bet discrepancy, 16% bets, but almost 30% of the money at BetMGM. MGM.
5: So I think it's really challenging. There are a lot of layers to this question. I think one of them being, if he gets traded, does he get traded to an AL team? Because if he does, that increases his likelihood of winning the MVP in my estimation. But if he stays with the angels, you know, what do they do here? Because I think we've kind of gotten to a point where you sort of look at how Mike Trout, you know, just the body language out there in center field and everything going on with this organization. Otani is not signing a long-term extension with the Angels. I would be stunned if that happens. So from Anaheim's perspective, from the Angels' perspective, do they let him keep pitching every five or six days, Mm -hmm. or do they shut him down, try and either protect him for a future trade over the winter or make sure they can get the full innings workload out of him next year. So I think there's a lot of questions about how many innings Otani actually ends up pitching. And if he gets limited to, say, 130 innings, something like that, which would be about another 35 or 40 innings, can he actually win this award? I don't know if that's the case. The reality is, and I've said this before, he's doing something that nobody else can do. So in that respect, he is the most valuable player every single year. But I don't know if the voters will see it that way I would not invest in Otani at this point in time. I don't even know if there's a great value bet in terms of AL MVP across the board because you know Judge should win it, but plus 140 is not that great. Don Alvarez is also hurt with a hand injury that could end up zapping his power long term. Trout's hurt. Rafael Devers is having a monster season, but Boston has some issues too. I don't know if there's really a player worth taking in the MVP betting market right now for the AL.
3: What about AL Cy Young, though? Uh, McClanahan, we saw that thing. Uh, that's an all-star game, right? I mean, right. can't really factor that in. Uh, Verlander, though, my goodness. Cole, uh, he's at plus 900. We just talked about Otani plus 700. Uh, your thoughts on the AL Cy Young and how that shapes out?
5: Well, I, the thing I keep coming back to with regards to the AL Cy Young is with young arms like McClanahan, like mm-hmm. Otani, like Manoa, are these guys going to get limited at any point in the second half? And I think if you look at Tampa Bay's situation, maybe they don't have the luxury to slow down McClanahan, but at the same time, they're not going to risk this kid's future to play a best of three in the wild card and then wind up playing the Yankees or something like that. So I do worry that McClanahan, who was 19 innings away from his previous career high going into the break I do worry that he'll be limited a little bit in the second half. A guy like Justin Verlander, you don't have to limit. He's thrown multiple 200-inning seasons. Mm -hmm. He's not going to play for a long time moving forward. He'll maybe play two, three more years, something like that. Same thing with Garrett Cole. He's a guy that's thrown 200 innings. He's done it before. Yes, he's a big investment, but he's been pretty healthy overall. He's at least been through the grind. So I'd be looking more at the guys that are proven to go 180, 200 innings because I think that's ultimately what it takes. So I would think that a Verlander or a Cole is a better bet right now than a McClanahan or an Otani.
4: Adam, I'm with you. My play there would be Verlander. He's getting 13% bets, 17% money, wary of McClanahan being limited. And Verlander, you know, even though he's coming off that uh, Tommy John, is the kind of guy, veteran type guy that gets better as the year goes on. But I want to throw this one at you, Adam. AL rookie of the year. I think we all think and expect it to be Julio Rodriguez. Guy's been fantastic. He leads AL rookies in home runs, RBIs, stolen bases. We all saw what he did in the, uh, the home run derby. This guy is really popping in front of our eyes. But then it becomes a kind of philosophical question based on the number right now. Like, he's minus 400. The next closest odds would be Jeremy Jeremy Pena, the shortstop from the Astros, at plus 700. He does have the best discrepancy, 19% bets, 30% dollars. But I guess as a better and I think if you ask different betters, they'll give you different answers. It's like, yeah, it's minus 400, but it could be minus a thousand before you know it. There's still value. Or is it, hey, this guy, you know, opened nine to one and now he's minus 400. We missed the boat. The value is now gone. Don't bet it. Where do you fall along that line of uh, Rodriguez? Is that minus 400 number too high for you? Or is there a case to be made that you should still bet it?
5: To me, the only way that Julio Rodriguez doesn't win this award is if he gets hurt. I mean, at this point, you know, he had kind of his rookie of the year moment by putting on such a show on a grand stage at the Home Run Derby. And his numbers are good. He's gotten better after getting off to a very, very slow start. The strikeout rate is still high, but that's something that should come down as he gets more familiar with Major League pitching and all that. The problem here is, look, Jeremy Pena is on a team that's you know got a lot of other big names and a lot of talent, so it's kind of hard for him to stand out. Bobby Witt Jr. is on a really, really bad Kansas City Royals team. Stephen Kwan's been really good for Cleveland, but he doesn't hit for any power. Now, he's been a great defensive player. He's been extremely valuable, but he doesn't really put up numbers in the categories that voters look for. If Julio Rodriguez doesn't get hurt, Mm. he runs away with this award. I don't even know. Maybe Jeremy Peña gets one or two first place votes, but Rodriguez, as long as he stays healthy, he wins this. Now, that being said, it's probably not a good bet at minus 400, but... I don't see anybody else having an inside, you know, any kind of chance really at winning this award without injury.
3: Got about a minute left. Uh, we're forecasting the second half of the Major League Baseball season. An impactful trade uh, that's on your radar to watch out for.
5: One thing I will say is I finally, after teasing it for the last, I don't know, eight weeks, finally bet the White Sox to win the Central. <laughs> so I did do that. Ortega. Ben Wilson and I have talked about that <laughs> on a daily basis. Our producer, Brian Ortega, is laughing because he's heard <laughs> me talk about this a lot. As far as a significant trade, I, Frankie Montas is going to go. I think Luis Castillo goes from the Reds. That's probably the most significant one in terms of player name and player value. I don't think Juan Soto goes at the trade deadline. I think he gets traded over the winter, and I think Otani may get traded over the winter as well.
3: How about that? Uh, a lot to follow there in the second half, Josh. Uh, great job, Adam. Awesome to have you in the studio. Good to be here. Always great. fun. Uh, always a blast here, Adam Burka. Uh, follow him on Twitter at skating. Uh, tripods. After the break, Josh, we got to break down those dirty birds. One of my former teams will do that right here on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Welcome back. This segment of Betting Across America is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that has helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zen understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zen will be there for you. Check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to the show. Is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. So, Josh, before we get to the Dirty Birds, uh, all positive here report about James Winston. We talked about Saints Uh, not too long ago, and it's all positive for Jameis Winston uh, on the eve of the Saints training camp. So good news right there if you're looking at the Saints situation.
4: Yeah. And again, this is a team that with a win total of eight and a half, we were kind of thinking, Hey, which way does this go? You have to replace Sean Payton, Mm -hmm. you know, Jameis, there's question marks here. You know, will he be able to kind of regain that form? Not the 30 for 30 form, but the form (laughs) that he had, you know, before he got hurt uh, last year, Pritch. So uh, to me, this is an interesting win total to keep an eye out for. Obviously, are they going to win the division? Probably not. Tampa Bay is a big favorite there, but I think what you hit uh, on, which was really, really important is the comeback player of the year. If we think Jameis, you know, can take the reins and the reports are positive right now, although Pritch aren't all reports positive on July 20th before you go into <laughs> training camp. I guess, except for uh, who was it, Uh, Fournette, who came in a little bit heavy. He's like oh, 260. A little but, bit. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. He's trying to be like Lendale White or one of these old old, uh, battering rams here, Pritch. But to me, that's the play if you're going to bet the Saints. I'm not totally sold on the over. I'm not sold on the under either. But I forgot the number, Pritch. What was it? Plus 1,200 or plus 1,600? Somewhere around there. To me, that could be a worthwhile bet. If Jameis uh, plays well, that could be his award.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, the thing about Jameis or any any player like that coming back from injury is all about that pup list, right? Uh, You're going to be okay until... The middle part of August uh, approaching the season in which the pup list could impact you in terms of when you can return during the season. So uh, that's why you got to keep an eye on those injury situations in the pup list uh, as we uh, get uh, approaching training camp here in the National Football League. Okay, Uh, let's get to the Falcons, because it's interesting uh, what's going on with Atlanta, Josh, Uh, 7 and 10 last year. Uh, I think that was a solid year considering, right? I mean, really, uh, Matt Ryan, the quarterback situation was going to happen. Still, the quarterback situation, I believe, is up in the air. Uh, But Arthur Smith has done a nice job, I think, creating a culture, a physical one, uh, that should be able to aid the Falcons. In other words, they'll simplify the game plans uh, coming into the season. So with that in mind, uh, their win total is four and a half. Uh, The over, minus 105. The under, minus 115. Uh, To to miss the playoffs is minus minus. Um, 1100 to make the playoffs plus 700 uh, from a betting profile standpoint Josh to win in the division I'm not going to go there uh, because of the teams involved in that division but the Falcons on the come up what do you think
4: Yeah, so I think just right off the bat, what does the win total tell us? At four and a half, you're tied with the Texans, the lowest win total in the (laughs) NFL. So you are expecting a tough year. I hate to break it to your Pritch, with your former team. But I think there's – I look at it one of two ways. So when I first saw this win total, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a really terrible team. You know, Mm -hmm. Matt Ryan is now gone. You're in this rebuild mode. Uh, You bring in Marcus Mariota, obviously, to be your starter. You draft Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Maybe he is kind of a, a flyer play that pays off at a later date. But this, to me, felt like a team that's tanking for the number one pick. You know, you draft Drake London. You still have Kyle Pitts. By the way, Kyle Pitts is over under uh, catches or over under receiving yards is 900 and a half. Now, and last year with Matt Ryan, he had 1,026. So I'm intrigued a little bit by maybe buying low on that over 900 and a half, especially if you're down in a lot of games and need to throw the ball. Maybe you're able to hit that total. But I'm thinking, hey, is this a, a, a kind of a, a – you don't want to say the T word because we're getting trouble here, but <laughs> are you looking for C.J. Stroud in the draft, Bryce Young? Stroud is plus 250 right now to win the Heisman. Bryce Young is plus 350. Is it kind of a look at there? So I'm thinking, okay, even though it's low, four and a half, it is juiced up under minus 115. Maybe that could be a play. But then we did get a fresh batch of data today, Pritch, from BetMGM. And if you actually look at kind of the, the nitty-gritty of the win total, maybe there is room for optimism because the total opened at 4.5, but it was over plus 100. Now it's over minus 105, and they are getting 51% of bets but 63 per- 63% of money to the over. So the juice has actually risen a little bit on that over four and a half. You do have even uh, you know, 50-50 betting, but 63% of money toward the over. So that kind of made me pause and say, hey, are we, are we underselling the Falcons here? Yes, they'll be terrible. But the only question you got to ask yourself is, will they win five games? I'll defer to you, Pritch, but I went into it saying, this is a team that is going to be terrible, and they probably will still be bad, but all we care about is, will they get to five? I'm intrigued by that low bets, higher dollar, maybe buy low opportunity there. I'm kind of thinking maybe they win five games, Pritch, but I'll defer to you, the former uh, Falcons player here.
3: <laughs> you know, it, it's really interesting because Arthur Smith, I think, is building something that uh, is, is something that could be easy uh, to execute. In other words, we're going to be very physical. We're going to run the football, but then we're going to create matchups too. And you think about why they drafted Drake London. He's taller, taller receiver. Uh, not, a, not a breakaway threat or anything like that, but a taller receiver – to join um, uh, Kyle Pitts there uh, as another taller receiver playing tight end. Uh, You throw in Patterson, Cordero Patterson, uh, who can run the football kind of like a Derrick Henry, but also you can split him out too. So you have that versatility uh, within the roster and the type of quarterbacks that they have, which is very interesting to me uh, because I think Marcus Mariota uh, and and his skill set is very, very similar to what Desmond Ritter would bring to uh, the table there. So you can see what type of offense already that the Falcons want to play. It's going to be play action oriented. It's going to be heavy run oriented, physical though, and then perhaps create those one-on-one matchups with those trees out there on the outside, which is a simplified recipe to win games. You know, it's not too complicated. Uh, You can execute something like that with a lot of young players. Now, to me, that schedule is tough though, but can you find five wins on this schedule? All uh, right, Josh? I mean, I, I think if you have designs to get a quarterback uh, in this year's draft or next year's draft, uh, you don't want to exceed five wins. Certainly, you want to have yourself in a, a nicer position than that. Uh, but if you're looking to be more competitive, which I think the Falcons can be, uh, yeah, I believe that over total, four and a half uh, is in play right there for the Falcons.
4: Yeah, and this is something that you hit the nail on the head with, Pritch. Is like the perception not really matching. And always, I always, you know, kind of go back to this when the mm-hmm. perception doesn't match what the numbers are telling us. Like the perception is the Falcons, you know, got rid of Matt Ryan, they're in rebuild mode, they're going for the number one pick. But yet that four and a half, we've seen movement over the summer. And you know, at the beginning when you see these this movement, you take it with a grain of salt. To me, now that we're July 20th and these win totals came out, you know, over a month ago. Right. Now I'm starting to take some stock into it because that means that betters who have had to, you know, the knee jerk reaction to a win total, then you you look at the numbers you know a lot of wise guys who you know cap their own numbers and set their own lines they've already looked at this and it, there is some movement to the over as as small and as minuscule as it is that again that over four and a half was plus 100 now it's minus 105 half the the tickets but almost two-thirds of the money and then i i know i'm talking at both sides Pritch, but then i look at the schedule i don't see five <laughs> wins here that's what is really difficult like I, well, let me, so let's, let's talk our way through this. Yes. They do have the ninth hard, hardest schedule, okay. 151 and 137, 524 from last year. I mean, you can beat the Panthers. Can you beat them twice? Can you beat the bears at home? Probably. I mean, who else are you looking at? I mean, I'll throw it to you, Pritch, but where are those other wins coming from? I'm having a hard time finding. Them.
3: Well, the Cardinals usually collapse on the back end of their schedule. They're in the back end there. Uh, Atlanta will have them at home. Um, you, depending on what the Steelers look like or turn into at, at that point too, gets interesting. Ah, uh, the Bears, the Commanders. I, I'm not buying the Commanders this year. I, I think, I, I think the league has passed the Commanders by. In other words, Rivera uh, and and also Del Rio, uh, and what they're trying to do with Carson Wentz, his third opportunity to be a franchise quarterback uh, in the league. Uh, so, but it gets dicey after that, though. You're right. I mean, you're gonna have to sweep the Panthers. Um, just on paper, uh, looking at the schedule. Uh, It does get dicey, uh, and maybe that's a solid number uh, when you're looking at the win totals, though, right there. So, uh, yeah, the Browns will be without um, anticipating Deshaun Watson, too. Uh, thinking about the beginning of the year that way too. So, I mean, it's the national football, like anything and everything can happen. I'm just focused on how they're building it, Josh, and, and how simple this offense is going to be with some players that look like on paper they can execute that. The question marks still remain, uh, will this team be better defensively? Will they be able to stay healthy uh, defensively as well uh, with that physical style of play?
4: You bring up a good point, you know, week four at home against the Browns, no Deshaun Watson, most likely that could be a win that you could, uh, you know, when you first glance at it, you're like, oh, they're not going to beat the Browns. But then, oh, by the way, no Watson. That's a winnable game there. You also talk about, you know, kind of simplifying the offense in my backyard, the New England Patriots. You're hearing that a lot about the Patriots, where they're going to solid kind of simplify the offense, Mm -hmm. make it easier for these players, you know, post Tom Brady era. I'd also say, Pritch, I always get excited about the week one numbers and how they've moved. Week one, the Saints are at the Falcons. The Saints opened minus three and a half, minus four. They're up to minus five and a half. Yeah. One of my favorite systems is really buying low on the disgusting contrarian plays in week one, especially in the division. So that could even be maybe it's a syndicate play, Pritch. If you go plus five and a half up to plus 11 and a half, you go through seven, you go through 10. I would expect Atlanta probably loses that game. But uh, if you look at super contrarian, you know, teams getting less than 20 percent divisional dogs with inflated lines. I'll probably be betting on Atlanta, Pritch, come, uh, come <laughs> September here.
3: Yeah, that's a uh, three Tylenol game because that's a rivalry game, Josh. <laughs> Not two, but three Tylenols before that bad boy. Uh, I tell you <laughs> what, uh, I think the, the teaser syndicate is focusing in on uh, some teaser situations too. I think the Falcons uh, can be ideal for some teaser situations this season as well. I'm right there with you. They may lose, but, Pritch, can we cover the number? That's (laughs) That's all we care. That's right. All right. Great job right there, Josh. Okay. Uh, In the next segment, uh, we're going to go over some uh, bets that we're looking at for the second half of Major League Baseball and then also getting ready for football. All that and more coming up next.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is
0: Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on vSense, the Sports Betting Network.
3: The action never stops at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up now using bonus code VEASAN1000 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. BetMGM's state-of-the-art app offers a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted off specials, and much more. Just download the app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code VEASAN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Uh, years old to wager it's a new customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly if you have a problem it's 1-800 gambler promotional offers not available in new york or nevada welcome back to the show is betting across america mike pritchard josh Applebaum, with us And, and josh i hear you have some Uh, news about Jimmy Garoppolo. We know about the fact that he's been cleared uh, to participate after his shoulder surgery right there, but you have some other news here for Jimmy G.
4: Yeah, so, of, of course, between every segment, preach, I have my Twitter up, I got my tweet deck up. I'm just right. thinking, okay, what's breaking news during our show? This just happened in the last segment here. According to Adam Schefter, the 49ers have officially given Jimmy G the clearance to seek a trade. Told his agents, go out there, look for a trade. Uh, also, they did mention that they're going to exercise caution with him this summer. So, I think there's kind of this gray area here. But that's some pretty big news here. And th- kind of the question that I had as a better would be, are you going to still pay that big cap number with Jimmy G <laughs> to keep him as insurance for Trey Lance? I think the owner probably doesn't want to do that. Uh, I think if you're a better when you're looking at the 49ers win total, which right now is nine and a half juiced up over mm-hmm. minus 140 at bed MGM, I think you want Jimmy G has some insurance there simultaneously. Remember you said uh, Anthony Davis, the uh, the oldest young man of all time, right? Jimmy G is simultaneously the best worst quarterback of all time. <laughs> Guy wins a ton. Everyone still thinks He's terrible. But again, what this tells me, Pritch, is maybe, you know, to your point earlier about guys who are looking good in the mini camps and training camps are about to start, does this tell does this tell us that Shanahan and, and Lynch and the brass of the 49ers like what they see from Trey Lance? Is this because they're confident in Trey Lance, you know, taking the reins, getting the keys to the car? Maybe there's part of that, or maybe it's just purely financial. But either way, we just got some clarity here. Yeah. They're allowing Jimmy G, Jimmy G to seek a trade.
3: Yeah, I mean, prior to the, sur- uh, the surgery right there, I think Jimmy G was going to get traded. Uh, obviously, the surgery kind of set back the plans right there in motion for the 49ers. Uh, Kyle cannot wait to work with Trey Lance, from what I gather, <laughs> uh, because his playbook is limited with Jimmy G, and, and I think it's going to be expanded. Uh, with Trey Lance, so he's looking forward to that for sure. Uh, Also, Jimmy G's money uh, can free up uh, some more money to sign Debo Samuel. they got to get that under wraps. they got to make sure they control that situation if they can right there, Josh. So uh, a lot is depending on Jimmy G and where he lands now. uh, Giving him permission to seek a trade means, okay, go out there and find some concessions uh, with some other team that can deal with that contract, right? Uh, Because I, I think... The 49ers, can they have a trade partner in place right now? Probably not. I think a lot of teams would rather wait until Jimmy G is released and therefore they can negotiate with him that way. But by giving them permission, maybe his agent can go out and and solidify some parameters or or some contract concessions, if you will, uh, to solidify a trade that way.
4: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me, Pritch. And, you know, kind of it's funny the way they phrase this. You're (laughs) allowed to go seek (laughs) a trade. Well, you know, unless you have a no trade clause, the team could trade you at any moment. They don't really need to give you the permission to do that. So, you know, one thing I will add here with the 49ers, there is a discrepancy between BetMGM and DraftKings. DraftKings is at 10 under minus 120 for the Niners. Bet MGM is 9.5 over mm-hmm. minus 140. So your perception of this team and will Trey Lance be able to take over? Obviously, Shanahan is kind of wowed by the athleticism and what he's seeing, but still, I have some concerns about you know a second year quarterback who's at North Dakota State and has a lot to learn in the NFL. I, I'm not sure if he's ready. We shall see. But that nine and a half ten 10 again, it's not the Falcons at 4.5 bridge. They're expecting a good year, whether it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance yeah. close to a double-digit win season.
3: Yeah, I love the quote about Jimmy G, too. Um, you can think he's old overrated and underrated, and at some point, you're going to be right. Uh, Either way, it doesn't matter. Uh, So we'll keep an eye on that. Thanks for the update. Okay, let's get to some second-half developments in Major League Baseball. Uh, Josh, you're looking at some MLB awards, uh, perhaps for the second half, at the end of the second half.
4: Yeah, we hit on a few of these. Just kind of wanted to reiterate them and just kind of you know throw my take out there and also throw another one that we didn't really mention too much. But MVP, I'm on Otani here. I was mm-hmm. a little concerned. Uh, Adam Burke threw a little cold water on that. <laughs> I, but to me, we talked about it yesterday. If you're getting uh, you know a generational, a once in a hundred year guy, and again you you throw up Twitter every time that he makes a start on the mound, he's doing something, setting some record that we've never seen before. I think that continues. And to me, with the Angels. They're always a bet against, you know, when he's not playing and when mm-hmm. he's not pitching. But when he's on the mound, you know, there's a game recently. pitched. It was it wasn't the pentathlon game where, you know, I'm betting against Otani and I'm looking at the Astros. Right. What happens the day that Otani pitches? They're a really good team, so I expect this minus 105 number to get even higher. Minus 120, minus 100, minus 200. I think this thing shoots up before we know it. This is kind of your last chance, in my opinion, to get Otani at an even money type price. So I'm on Otani here to win the to win the uh, MVP. We talked about the Cy Young in the American mm-hmm. League, McClanahan versus Verlander. I'm on the uh, uh, Verlander train right now, plus 250, 12 and three, 1.89 ERA on the third best team uh, in record wise in Major League Baseball, and a guy that, as Adam Burke mentioned you know, routinely goes over 200 right. innings. So while McClanahan might be limited, I don't think there's any limits to Verlander right now. This is a guy that wants the ball and has something to prove and will take the ball. And I think you're going to hear a lot of this stuff, like with Tom Brady, look at the numbers he's putting up at 45, you know, look at the numbers, you know, and again, I don't, Josh Towers, if you're listening, I'm sorry about the advanced <laughs> age comment yesterday. I know uh, he didn't really like that one, but my whole point was, you know, when you see these numbers from a 39-year-old, I think they become more impressive and the voters will lean more in his favor. Uh, Rodriguez, I'm going to lay the 400. I know it's a high number, but yeah. I think the guy wins it. And then last one, Pritchard mentioned, Sandy Alcantara, minus 130 right now, 9-4, and 4, 1.76 ERA. He's got the highest uh, handle amount of any pitcher here. Next closest guy is Corbin Burns, plus 700. I view Alcantara the same way I view Otani. Yes, it's a minus number, but I think those numbers will just get higher.
3: On the AL Cy Young, uh, any uh, market developments on Garrett Cole? He's plus 900. Uh, The reason why I say that or ask you the question, uh, he was hitting 101 uh, (laughs) on the gun not too long ago. And obviously, we know what the Yankees are all about I mean, if he puts it together on the back end uh, on the second half of of the schedule with the Yankees and the narrative right there, I mean, from a Cy Young standpoint, does he have a chance? I mean, Justin Verlander, he's a bulldog, right? We get that, plus 250. But I was just curious what the market's indicating from a Garrett Cole situation there and a Cy Young.
4: So, Garrett Cole's numbers gotten worse, Pritch. Okay. Now, on the one hand, you know, that's kind of a, a byproduct of Verlander increasing. You know, right. McClanahan somewhat, somewhat coming out of the woodwork. He was 20 to 1 to open the season. Garrett Cole, I believe, was your favorite, plus 400. Mm. Now he's plus 900. He's getting 7% bets, about 6% of the money. To me, if you're betting Garrett Cole, it's a pure value play. You're getting the best pitcher on the best team in baseball uh, who you expect to get better as the year progresses. He's going to get a lot of run support. Yankees probably will make a couple moves at the deadline. To me, Cole's number is getting worse. In, based on a bigger payout but if you kind of look at it the other way and say hey I'm not totally sold on Verlander like I like Verlander but maybe you think you know his age will catch up to him later in the year maybe you're not sold on McClanahan to me your third guy would be Cole just the fact that he got worse on the one hand tells you it's less likely to happen but as a better you're liking plus 900 a lot more than you, we were looking at plus 400
3: yeah what is he 9-2 and two right now uh, Josh uh, 3.02 ERA right there for one, Garrett Cole. okay, to Market Insights podcast each and every day, Josh. You do a great job on that. Um, I know you're on some UFC plays coming up. Uh, uh, Where did you focus on the UFC and their event out there in London?
4: Yeah, so the one that I caught my eye for UFC was Jack Hermanson, uh, the joker here. He's actually uh, a play here that kind of catches my eye from a dog-to-favorite standpoint. He opened like plus 105. He's now minus 115. Checks off my boxes. Younger, taller, longer-reach line move. He's one year uh, younger, 34 versus 35. Mm-hmm. He's quite a bit taller, six foot one versus five eight, and much longer reach, 78 inches versus 75. And kind of the carry on top is, I always throw my UFC plays at Gamble and Lou. I slide into hit Gamble and Lou's DMs. <laughs> I say, Lou, what do you think of Jack Hermanson? He said I like him. So to me, if Lou likes him and he's checking off my boxes, I'll play it. Pritch, I want to have a little fun with you. I know we're done with the show pretty much right now. Yeah. But the Hall of Fame game, I want to throw this at you. The Hall of Fame game, it's not as far away as we think. It's August 4th. It's coming up here close. Uh, We've seen a move. I know it's crazy to talk about, but a dog-to-fave flip toward the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders opened plus one and a half against Jacksonville. They just moved to minus one and a half quietly. So we have a dog-to-fave move to the Raiders. But my angle would be... The under here, Pritch. Kind of like the All Star game in MLB, where you typically see these lower scoring games. This total in the Hall of Fame game opened 33 and a half. It's down to 33 at quite a few shops. Over the last nine Hall of Fame games, the under is 7 and 2. It's 9 and 6 in the last 15. Pritch have you ever played in a Hall of Fame game and do you agree that these are lower scoring games 17 to 10 where you really don't throw anything exotic on offense and you play a low scoring game
3: you know I have played in the Hall of Fame game and back then though Josh I mean uh, it was a sloppy game Uh, I mean you really had the backups playing the majority of the game and uh, those guys did not know what to do a lot of the times your your game plans were so simplified too I think with 3 preseason games and now you throw in a Hall of Fame game Uh, if you're Josh McDaniels you want to look crisp out there majority of backups are going to play and then Jacksonville uh, Peterson you're trying to create a, a culture there too look at who the backup quarterbacks are or going to be is there continuity is there comfort uh, I think that that'll be your edges right there I, I expect the Hall of Fame game uh, to be one of those games uh, in which uh, they apply themselves from a game planning
4: standpoint Ooh, I wanted to hear it's going to be uh, you know <laughs> 10 to 3 Prince, but oh, we shall see we shall I like see. that under yeah
3: absolutely <laughs> absolutely the edge coming up next right here on v the sports betting network